Destination Medicine is a joint project of the regional training hubs. This podcast series brings you medical students' accounts of their experiences in applying to study medicine. Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. If there's one thing Lachlan Carroll has learned along his journey to becoming a doctor, it's allowing room for perspective. Don't get too caught up in the hectic pace and pressure of exams, he says, or the application process, the tests, the interviews, and all the other daunting pieces of the puzzle that will lead you into medicine. Sure, it's stressful, Lachlan says, but a healthy dose of reflection and taking your time along the way can help. That's what Lachlan did by taking a gap year after school. It provided an important breathing space for him as he considered the way forward. As he explains to Heather Dawson, he'd only considered medicine just one year earlier. It was probably halfway through year 12, I think, that the idea even sort of popped into my head. I'd never really been surrounded by a lot of doctors or no one in my family's been a doctor or hadn't actually had too many issues myself having to to go to hospital or anything like that growing up. Until sort of halfway through year 12, I suppose, I um, had to get a bit of shoulder surgery just from a few dislocations during sport growing up. And then that was probably the first time I was exposed to medicine and actually getting to chat to doctors and seeing what it's all about. So that was probably where it started for me. So I was probably a bit of a late bloomer compared to most. <laughs> Did you ever consider other health professions? Why was it to become a doctor? I was always thinking about physio because... I'd always been around sport and I was pretty interested in science and that was something that jumped out to me. I'd also considered teaching a lot as well. Both my parents were teachers, are teachers, so that was also something that I'd always seen. After actually seeing doctors and then getting a lot more interested in my study, you know, my biology and my anatomy, that's when I sort of thought, oh, maybe becoming a doctor might be a good combination of all those sort of things where you get to help people but you also get to keep in touch with your science. And and then for me, the, the biggest thing was to have a career where I was going to always be in contact with people, I think, and medicine sort of ticked a lot of those boxes. So how did everybody respond when you announced to them that you decided you wanted to be a doctor, your family or school or friends? Family are always keen to back me in to do whatever. They always supported me quite well. I probably kept it pretty quiet for a little while because where I wanted to go, I wanted to go to Monash and you needed to do chemistry as one of the prerequisites just to get in. And I hadn't actually done that in year 12. So what I decided to do halfway through, I thought, well, I'll take a gap year and work in Swan Hill where I lived and I'll study chemistry just on the side during like a a mini sort of gap year where I could save a bit of money. So it was something that I was never 100% sure that I was going to actually be accepted into during school. So I probably kept it pretty quiet. But then once I got in, yeah, sure to let a few people know and thank them for helping me over the school years, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, did you have a a mentor or someone to give you some guidance about your career before you got into medicine? Uh, Yeah, there was a couple of older students that had got in a few years ahead of me. So I was always in contact with them, asking them how they went about it and little tips and tricks to get through the entry process, I suppose. But then I also did a fair bit of my own sort of little research on the side and watching videos and just your simple Google can find a fair bit these days. There was always the careers teacher who I kept in contact with after I left school and and they always helped me out as well, just to make sure I was on the right path, I suppose. 
the local doctor here who delivered me and, and we always stayed with him after I was born. has been our family doctor for a lot of years. He runs the local site here at Swan Hill for when you get into fourth year and you do your GP placement. And I suppose he was always someone that had floated the idea as well growing up. It's funny, he's still here at the moment teaching and, and hopefully next year I'll be here and actually uh, get to be learning under him. So I think um, he's someone who really put the idea into my head as well. So when you've decided, when you made up your mind to apply for medicine, what were the first steps you needed to take, Lachlan? And did you map out a plan? Yeah, so I suppose I'm someone that always likes to know what they're doing probably a year ahead or a couple of years ahead and always planning. So I suppose once I got to the point where I was halfway through year 12 and I realised I hadn't done chemistry, I knew I was taking the gap year and was going to have, you know, at least 12 to 18 months before I was going to go to university. So I sort of thought, okay, what boxes do I need to tick to get in here? So obviously I'd already had a few prerequisites from my actual studies in year 12. I just needed to tick off the chemistry. So that was the one plan. The first thing was to enroll into that. The second was at the time I had to complete the UMAT, which was the a bit like an aptitude test at the time. So I knew I had to enroll in that for the year. So that was something that I studied and worked towards. So that was another box that had to be ticked. And then obviously I also had to plan ahead my move. You know, if I was to get in, how would I go about moving down to Melbourne or where would I live and how would I support myself? So those were the sort of things that I was definitely thinking about 12 to 18 months in advance. You were a little disappointed, I gather, about your UMAT score. Yeah, I think I never really knew exactly what you had to get to get in. I knew that you probably had to do all right just from little forums and things online. And anyone listening that knows the UMAT score, a lot of the students that get in have got really high percentiles. So then 80, 90, you meet students who've got in the 100th percentile. And I remember mine coming out halfway through my gap year where I was already studying chemistry. I was actually in the 61st percentile. There was three different sections and I just hit the 50 mark for each of those sections. I was pretty shattered on the day that that came out because I thought that might sort of eliminate me from getting a chance to get in. But coming from a rural area, I may have been able to sneak in to get an interview with that lower score. So for me, that was probably the lucky sort of part in the end. Anyway, you were successful. What tips can you give the people listening to you now, Lachlan, about the application or selection process? Looking back, a lot of students who I've spoken to in those year 12 years, it's a very stressful sort of time and the time goes really quick as well. So if anyone was a little bit unsure or was nervous or anxious about how to get in, I think sometimes it's worthy to consider actually taking a year off. It absolutely does no harm, I don't think, to your chances of getting in because you can still reapply and it also gives you time to really mature a little bit in another year after school because you've just been pounding school, school, school for years. And then if you have those sort of 12 months off, it can give you an opportunity to do a little bit of work, save some money, spend some more family time. And I think that extra 12 months to do a little bit of extra thinking, a bit of extra research really goes a long way. So don't be afraid to actually take a step back, think about what you really want to do, because it's a big thing to undertake if you just dive into it and you're not 100% committed. So I think uh, sometimes if you take a little bit of time off to really evaluate where you are, I really think that doesn't hurt, where I think a lot of people nowadays just want to get in, get in, get in straight away and then make the rest of the decisions there. (laughs) So how many universities did you actually apply for? I applied for, in Victoria, I applied for Monash uh, and I applied at Adelaide as well. 
those were my two options. Adelaide, I didn't get asked for an interview at all. I think that that's probably because I was interstate and the UMAT score wasn't too crash hot. But Monash was the other one that I applied for as well. So those were the two. Now, did you enter medicine through a specific entry pathway? Yeah, so uh, there's probably the two streams that you can get in through. So there's the main cohort of students that do all their placement in the city, but then there's a small percentage that do their placement predominantly in the country, in rural areas. So that was something that always jumped out to me. The Monash, where all their country sites are, they sort of follow the train line from Melbourne to Swan Hill. So Bendigo is an option for your placement, Swan Hill and Mildura. And so for me, I thought that the rural pathway would be a really good way that I could come back out to where I'm from, but also get some really good experience, especially speaking to a lot of the metropolitan students now who are doing their placement. They haven't been given the same opportunities that I've been given to hone my skills in a hospital setting. And I mean, I suppose even now here in um, in Corona times, all the Melbourne students are currently being taken off placement, whereas I'm still able to go in and continue my placement. Well, as you're in a direct entry or undergraduate program, you'd have needed to sit the University Clinical Aptitude Test, the UCAT. What's involved with this exam, Lachlan, and um, how did you prepare for it? Yep. So mine was the UMAT back in the day, which has now been sort of changed to the UCAT. So I'm not 100% sure what's actually changed with it. But at the time, there was three different sections. And I suppose it is a lot like an aptitude test where there'd be lots of little problems, little puzzles, and there'd be comprehension and trying to interpret people's emotional skills. That test itself was uh, 100 questions in two hours, but they were pretty difficult stuff, (laughs) I can remember. Were they daunting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember sitting there doing a few practice ones. You know, I'd sit there and do them with mum when we both have a go and and sometimes we'd uh, be in over our heads. We'd have absolutely no idea what the questions were. (laughs) But in hindsight, for me, I didn't really purchase any sort of extra help or tutoring with the UMAT. And I suppose if I had my time again, I probably would have, you know, because the funds were there where we definitely could have, but I was sort of erring on the side of caution, thinking maybe it's not worth it. But hindsight's a beautiful thing. Going back and seeing what other students have done, I think because it's such a crucial part, I would definitely, if you could afford it, put into getting a bit of extra tutoring for that. What do you remember about the interview process once your application had gone in? Was that daunting too? Yeah, that was extremely daunting. I suppose um, all the exposure I'd had to that was just people's uh, recounts of how they'd gone through it. So I'd spoken to a few past students about what it felt like on the day. But uh, I remember mum and I went up the night before on the train. Mum came with me. So we travelled the four hours up on the train and, and stayed at a motel. And then, you know, that was really only the second time I'd actually really been to the university as well. So I suppose you rock up and you're thinking, well, uh, where is everything? What's What's going on? But then Obviously, the interview process is something else again, where I remember at the time, there's eight different doors and there was a series of questions on the doors and you'd have to go in there and answer the scenario that was on the page and answer the questions related to the scenario. It was an interview sort of thing that I'd never come across before. So apart from hearing other people and their recounts from it, you're not really 100% sure what to expect. Can you offer advice to anybody else who might be um, going to be fronting up in front of the panel? Yeah, absolutely. I think the best thing to do is to get in touch with other people firstly. And then when you're actually in there, I think the interviewers in there are very good at reading people. They can see if you're lying or they can see, you know, if you're not being yourself. So the thing that I went in and tried to do was to best be myself and answer the questions in a methodical way. and, And, you know, you can rush in and 
think I've got to answer this question really, really quickly and and get everything right. But sometimes, again, the best thing to do is just to to take a few deep breaths and have a good little think about it, take an extra 15, 20 seconds before answering because I think that can make all the difference if you just be yourself and you're able to calm yourself down. Well, you're now studying at a rural clinical school campus in Mildura. Has your clinical experience been different to your previous metropolitan placements? Uh, yeah, so uh, metropolitan placements in the first two years, so they're obviously your preclinical years where you're doing just a lot of book work and you're not really actually out into the hospitals at all too much. I'd only had a, a day at a GP placement in Melbourne and two days, I think, at the Alfred Hospital. And so then this year was my third year and third year is completely hospital and clinically based. And for me, I've really enjoyed I suppose it's twofold. There's the actual hospital experience that you have where the teams are a lot smaller and they really get you to be a lot more hands-on. But then even in the second style is the the lifestyle outside of the hospital as well, where it's a lot easier to to get to the shops. You know, you drive down there and it only takes you two or three minutes, whereas sitting in Melbourne, I mean, it can take you, you know, 20, 30 minutes just to get to the shops. So I think it's really twofold and rural is probably not suited to everybody but in the same way metropolitan placements are not suited to everyone as well so I think getting an experience in both is uh, is definitely the best way to go about it. Well looking back Lachlan how would you describe your overall experience in applying for medicine and you know what messages would you like to get across to anybody considering taking a the path of medicine in their career? Yeah overall looking back I suppose with the unis, it was quite well put out online on their actual pages of what you had to do to get in. It is quite clear. I suppose the only thing that you're really unsure of is um, what's your competition? What are my actual odds? Because I think a lot of people would like to know, you know, a number odds chance of what you have to get in. But I think because you can't ever find out what that is, I think just working as hard as you can, getting in contact with as many people that have already done it before you, and then trying your best and committing to it. I mean, If you're able to get in the undergraduate pathway, I mean, really, you can put a lot of effort into year 11 and 12. And and if you really dig in to those two years and set yourself some goals, you think, gee, if I I really just commit myself here for a year or two, uh, it could really set up my whole life. So, So I suppose if you're able to talk to a few people that can help you get some perspective into where you are, I think that can really help. Is there any piece of advice that you wish you'd been given before you started your medical journey? Yeah, I think just not to stress out too much. I like to think I'm a bit of a calm person, but even I'd, you know, get really nervous. And sometimes the small little things that you worry about are really not that big of a deal in the big picture. So just to always be thinking forward and and thinking that if you get knocked back, if you have to take an extra year, if you have to take a bit of extra time, that's okay because everyone's, uh, everyone's pretty individual in the way they go about it. So I think the biggest takeaway for me is just to take things slow. You don't always have to to be go, go, go. What about your study technique, Lachlan? Have you found the right one for you? I think I probably have now, but it's taken years and years. Um, It's nothing like studying for year 12 where you've got quite a study design of and everything's quite laid out in dot points where, you know, this is what you have to to learn. So whereas in medicine, it's, it's probably quite unclear. There's so much and it can get quite overwhelming. And especially in the first two years where you hear bits and pieces of all different specialties and you're throwing lectures and shoots where you're getting so much information overload in such a short amount of time. So for me, over the first two years, I was just trying to probably piece together what I could. But where now I've come into the hospital setting and you, you're on the ground, you're seeing what is relevant and what is not relevant, what is the sort of high yield stuff that you just have to know 
in a hospital to succeed in your job. That's made it a lot easier for me for my study. So I'll try and do a lot of different things. I'll try and once I've laid out what I think is important to learn and spoken to other people, I'm always a, a believer of different stimuli. So I like to think, talk, type, and then teach as well. So I like to try and do do things a lot of different ways. So I'll type out my notes. I'll think about it and read from a textbook. And then obviously the most important part is to try and teach it to someone else as well. So that's probably been my sort of way to go about it. Okay. Well, final question, Lachlan. What is it about medicine that you could never prepare for? Jeez, that's a really tough question. Oh, I suppose until you're in it, you think you know what being a doctor is from watching TV shows and hearing other people. But I think you could never be prepared with how a job that allows you to touch so many people, but also get a lot of personal satisfaction and also to make a lot of great friendships. I don't think you can, I think it's the best of a lot of different things all at once. So for me, um, I think you couldn't be prepared for how good you can make it if you're really committed to it. Lachlan Carroll, third year undergraduate student at Monash University, currently on placement at the Rural Clinical School in Mildura. We trust you've enjoyed this episode of Destination Medicine, a joint project of the regional training hubs. The hubs are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.